Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. White Castle presents CEO Lisa Ingram. My great-grandfather opened White Castle in 1921, which is why I'm excited to announce the new 1921 slider, inspired by how we made them 100 years ago. With a 100% beef patty topped with cheddar cheese, caramelized onions, tomato, lettuce, and pickles. Come see why originality never goes out of style. I'm Lisa, but you can call me the Slider Queen. White Castle. Long live sliders. Pasteurized processed cheese at participating castles. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. The X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. That is 7 p.m. Pacific until 11 p.m. Pacific, right here around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address, xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and xzonetv.com. On tonight's show, Randy Servany is going to be my first guest in a few minutes. We're going to be talking about weather's greatest mysteries solved. 
Hour number two, Rosemary Ellen Guiley joins us. She is an author and paranormal investigator. Hour number three, Carlton Thurman joins us. We're going to be talking about Caddy Esoterica. And in hour number four, everything you wanted to know about cats, because the cat lady herself, Carolyn Bartz, is with us to talk about the secrets of cat attitudes revealed. That's tonight, live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, 24 Asian countries, and across Europe. Today is Wednesday, September the 2nd in the year 2009. However, on this date, in 1789, the U.S. Treasury Department was established by Congress on the state in history in 1901, President Teddy Roosevelt made his walk softly but carry a big stick speech. It was on the state in 1936. The first transatlantic round trip air flight took place. And in 1945, Japan surrendered to the United States. Now, if you're celebrating your birthday today, from everyone here at the Exxon Radio Show and the Talk Star Radio Network, a very happy birthday. And you're celebrating your birthday with Keanu Reeves, who turns 45 today. Selma Hayek turns 43 today. Retired tennis star Jimmy Connors turns 57 today. And football Hall of Famer and Fox sportscaster Terry Bradshaw turns 61. Oh, heavens to Betsy, it's uh, one of those weird and strange days in the news. Uh, one of the news stories that we were following today... Um, Hats off to the Swiss type rope walker, Freddie Nock, who set a new world record today for the highest tight rope walk with no safety nets or ropes whatsoever. Nock walked along a trim, uh, a tram cable on the Germany's tallest mountain without a harness, 9,655 feet high in the mountains. It was the highest tight rope walk ever made. Nock walked along. 3,264 feet of the inclined cable and reached the tram station in 50 minutes. About 1,800 people watched his amazing feat, and he raised over $18,000 U.S. in donations to charity. Job well done. Congratulations, Mr. Nock. When I come back from this two-minute commercial break, Randy Cervini is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about weather and mysteries and how the greatest weather mysteries have been solved. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, and we're coming to you live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My producer tonight at Master Control at the home of the Talk Star Radio Network in Titusville, Florida, is the one and only greaser himself, Danny Zuko. Danny, nice working with you again. We'll be back in two minutes as the Exxon starts for today, Wednesday, September the 2nd in the year 2009 from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on Talkstar.
Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Randy Cervani is our special guest. He is a professor who specializes in weather and climate in the School of Geographical Sciences at Arizona State University. In 2005, he was named one of the three inaugural president professors for the university out of a faculty of nearly 2,000. He is the author of Weather's Greatest Mysteries Solved, published by Prometheus Books, and of Freaks of the Storms, the World's Strangest Weather Stories, also published by Thunder's Mouth Press, a division of Avalon Books in 2006. He obtained his doctorate in geography at the University of Nebraska in 1987 and has studied weather around the world, having been on all seven of the world's continents. His work, including nearly 100 science articles and a world's and a book on strange weather, has ranged from looking at weather associated with prison escapes to computing the weather over the next 10,000 years. For his research on weekend rainfall, he has been interviewed by the BBC, CNN, ABC News, NPR, and has appeared live on the NBC Today Show and the CBS Morning Show. He is an editor of the popular-based weather magazine, WeatherWise. Currently, he is working with the World Meteorological Organization to develop a global database of extreme weather records, and uh, now online at wmo.asu.edu. And Randy, welcome to the X-Zone. How are you, Randy? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. It's great having you with us, Randy. Uh, tell, tell me, Randy, what is a weather mystery? Well, a weather mystery is the idea that, contrary to kind of what some of the media might give the impression, uh, meteorology and climatology are really young subjects, and we're just still discovering a lot about what makes our weather and climate tick, that uh, we've only been studying weather for the last 100 years or so, and we are still making discoveries. We're still finding out new things about not only the weather that's happened today, but the mm -hmm. weather that's happened thousands of years ago. Tell me, one of the weather mysteries in your book involves the near extinction of all of humanity. How did that happen? <laughs> well, that was one that did happen a few thousand years ago, about, uh, roughly about 73,000 years ago. And it's kind of interesting because most anthropologists now suggest that humanity developed over a million years ago mm -hmm. and spread out from Africa and got into Asia and maybe as far down as, as Australia. But... When they look at the genetic record of humans, what we find is that we're still essentially African, that uh, for some reason all of those genetic lines that happened in Asia and in, happened in India and happened in uh, Australia died out, and they could plot that, that uh, termination to about 73,000 years ago. Well, we looked into the climate record. We started uh, going down to Antarctica and digging into ice cores and looking at the bottom of the oceans and pulling up uh, deep core sediments, what we found is that there was an incredible eruption that took place 73,000 years ago of a massive volcano. It's called a supervolcano. The volcano was called Toba. And what we think literally happened is it changed the climate so much that humanity crashed to maybe just a few hundred individuals. And from that small core that was left 73,000 years ago in Africa, all of humanity had to rise again, basically. And according to uh, geologists, now there are several supervolcanoes that they're watching. So this is right. this that's, is really scary. So this is really scary. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that, that's actually one of the the uh, uh, things that's a little troublesome is that there is a massive supervolcano in the United States uh, that could. 
basically decimate most of North America, and it's one of the most beautiful places in North America. It's Yellowstone National Park. Another mystery in your book involves the death of the dinosaurs. Now, how did weather play a role in that? Because I always thought that it was a, a meteorite or an asteroid that hit the planet. Right, and, and actually most uh, scientists do agree that there was a, a, a probably six-mile-wide asteroid that came smashing down, hit just off the Yucatan Peninsula, actually buried itself uh, some 30 miles deep into the ground. Mm -hmm. But what, what's interesting about the weather is when that thing smashed in, it created some of the worst weather the, the Earth has ever seen. We had super hurricane, uh, hurricane winds, probably three to 400-mile-an-hour winds that flashed through the Western Hemisphere. We had uh, a firestorm that uh, decimated the entire Western Hemisphere, possibly even the entire world, uh, where literally everything was burned down that was of any great height. Um, it was just one of the worst weather days that you could possibly imagine on this planet. I wouldn't have wanted to be the weatherman on that one. Um, how does a weather mystery like the collapse of the ancient Mayan civilization relate to what is happening today? Well, that's another, another mystery that climatologists are just beginning to solve. We, we found out that the Mayan civilization collapsed around 800, 900 years, uh, 800, 900 BC or BAD, uh, roughly about a, a thousand, two hundred years ago. And when that civilization collapsed, we were trying to figure out what might have caused it. Mm -hmm. Well, turns out the weather might have played a big role. One of my former students, uh, who's a, a well-known tree ring researcher around the world, was able to identify that something called a mega drought might have happened around that particular time in Central America. A mega drought is not just a normal drought that lasts just a few years. A mega drought is a drought that might last decades or perhaps even a century. What we think happened around 900 AD is that this mega drought developed and possibly led to a situation where disease could get control of the population, something maybe like the hantavirus that hit the southwest here a few years ago, uh, developed during that mega drought period, at least that's what uh, has been hypothesized, and may have led to a dramatic uh, extinction event that took place for populations around that time. What's kind of alarming is there's nothing that says that we can't still have mega droughts happening across North America yet today, that, uh, or around the world for that matter. And we really don't yet understand what causes big super droughts. And it's, it's one of the mysteries, a lot of the mysteries that I mentioned in my story, unfortunately, we're still investigating. We're still trying to, to solve them by putting together all these little pieces of, of, uh, de of uh, ice cores and deep sea cores and that type of uh, information to figure out exactly what happened. Randy, you talk uh, in your book about discovering new types of weather in you know, in just the last few years. Now, what kind of new weather are you discovering? Well, that's interesting. You think that, you know, after being around for like 10,000 years, that mm -hmm. humanity, modern humanity, would have discovered everything that we could possibly find out about weather. Well, literally within just the last decade or so, we discovered three new types of, of lightning that uh, we found from observations on board the space shuttle, for example, that lightning not only goes down towards the ground from certain thunderstorms, but it shoots out from the top, uh, something that are called blue jets. 
and we found that lightning discharges that can happen 50 miles above certain thunderstorms can occur. And we still don't really know too much about them, but they're called sprites and they're called elves. And we're still in the process of trying to figure out what they are, because we've only discovered them within the last century or, so, or last decade or so. And so it's kind of fun to be in a profession where we don't know all the answers yet. That's one of the things I tell my students when we're studying, uh, opening up the textbooks as we are for the first uh, semester here right now, that the likelihood is next semester when I teach this class we'll have to use a different book because we've discovered new stuff about weather and the books are going to have to be rewritten. So it's one of those fields that we're constantly making new discoveries about. Now, the lightning that has been observed uh, from the space shuttle uh, that is 50 miles up, does it shoot out towards space, or does it just uh, head back to Earth? Well, what happens is that, that there are two different kinds of lightning that we see happening uh, above those clouds at, at that kind of altitude. Uh, what we have are sprites, which are jets of uh, filaments of red light, red energy that are coming up, uh, that go up, as I say, about 50 mi miles or so. And then there is this disc-like uh, of currents that we call an elf that actually is electromagnetic energy that spreads out uh, roughly around the top of what we call the stratosphere that we still, again, don't really understand why storms are producing this or what kind of effect that has on the weather below it. But it has been identified. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My special guest this hour is Randy Cerveni. He is a professor who specializes in weather and climate in the School of Geographical Sciences at uh, Arizona State University. How does the weather of the Little Ice Age 300 years ago link to today's strange and bizarre weather, Randy? <laughs> well, it's something you haven't heard a lot about on the news, but it's, it's beginning to be a little bit more troublesome for uh, scientists. One of the things that we watch is the number of sunspots that are occurring on the sun. Mm -hmm. And um, right now we know that there is a very distinct pattern that sets up, or at least has set up over the last few hundred years, where roughly every 11 years or so we hit a maximum of sunspots and then it declines and then we hit another maximum of, of sunspots and so on. Well, right now we're in a minimum. We're in one of these very low periods of sunspots. The interesting thing is it was supposed to end last year, that predictions actually were suggesting by this time we should start to see quite a few number of sunspots occurring on the sun right now. Well, we've just gone 52 days, uh, 51 days, excuse me, um, without a sunspot. We had a sunspot that occurred yesterday. It's the first one that we've seen in 51 days. The sun has been basically dead for the last uh, two or three years. Well, why would that be important? Well, we've done some statistical studies that shows that when the sun goes dead for a long period of time, we're talking decades, when there's no sunspot activity for decades, it links to extremely cold periods on the, on the planet, or at least for certain regions of the planet. The last big time where we had no sunspots for an extended period of time, it's something that's called the Maunder Minimum, took place between 1550 and 1850 A.D. All right, let's talk more about sunspots when we come back from this commercial break. 
Randy uh, Cervini is our special guest, and if you'd like to give us a call, one 528 And if you'd like to get Randy's books, they're available at prometheusbooks.com. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com. My name is Michael Talstar, Canada. Summer's almost here. Yay, right? So, when's the last time you tried on your swimsuits and summer clothes? If you could get back into summer shape in one visit, would you do it? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonobello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonobello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonobello locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. You already know the fun of Kings Island. Blue ice cream for lunch, catching your breath between screams on the beast. But this summer at Kings Island, this is 50. Don't miss their 50th anniversary celebration all summer long with new shows, new food, and new fun. It's Kings Island's biggest summer yet. And the fun doesn't stop once the sun goes down. The nighttime spectacular lights up the sky with fireworks, pyrotechnics, and drones. A perfect reason to stay up past bedtime. Make plans now at visitkingsisland.com. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that with the American Family Insurance Home Quote Tool, you can easily design a customized policy for your dream home right from the comfort of your couch. And fun paint fact, there are over 150 shades of white, like Hello White, Fluffy Bunny, Eggshell. They get it. Explore the AmFam Home Quote Tool at amfam.com home to learn more about your policy coverage options. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Products not available in every state. Leading mentalists from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Linda, and you're listening to my dad, Ron McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Uh, there was a bit of a scare today when uh, reports were coming out of Egypt that the H1N1, which is also known as the swine flu, and the bird flu had actually merged into a super uh, flu that had a number of members of the medical community worldwide very, very, very concerned. We're very happy to report at this time that it was in error, and uh, the two have not merged. They are still separated, which is very good for us. And uh, Dr. Patricia Doyle will be joining me Friday night in the second hour to discuss this and uh, what triggered this alert. That's uh, this coming Friday night, September the 4th, between 11 p.m. and midnight Eastern. My guest this hour is Randy Cervini, and uh, his book is entitled Weather's Greatest Mysteries Solved, and it's uh, published by our good friends at Prometheus Press. Randy, before we went to the uh, commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour, we were talking about sunspots, and you, you made references to the sun being dead. How can the sun be dead, or is this an, uh, a metaphor that is used in the, uh, in the geographical and the meteorological community? Well, sunspots are big magnetic storms that are that are on the the surface of the sun, mm -hmm. and they follow, as I say, this kind of normal 11-year cycle. Um, when I'm talking about dead, I don't mean it goes out or or that it stops uh, putting out heat and light and this kind of stuff. It simply doesn't have those uh, prominent Earth-sized magnetic storms, those big black spots that you will sometimes see in pictures of the sun. Uh, those aren't present right now, and it's uh, a little bit uh, mysterious as to why they're not there. We still are trying to understand what not only makes our weather tick, but what makes the weather on Mars or on the Sun tick as well. And uh, um, there is a relationship. We do know that the occurrence of sunspots on the Sun is linked to certain types of weather that occur on the planet Earth. We also know that. Um sunspots can cause a lot of disruption in the communication business and um, we've been uh, we've been told by other people that get ready because there's going to be a massive uh, e what is called an EME CME CME that is that is being um, anticipated now do you concur with this or do you think this is just something that we really don't know about we can't predict CMEs well, actually, this is the anniversary of that major uh, solar storm event that took place, I believe, back in 1859, but it occurred on September 2nd. This is the anniversary of it. And, yes, there's no no reason why we can't have those kind of events. Uh, luckily, back when the last mega solar storm took place, mm -hmm. um, we only had telegraph lines that were really severely affected. In today's world of all... Uh, unshielded electronics. Uh, I guess scientists are suggesting that if we were to have a mega flare event, uh, it could cost trillions of dollars and take literally months to repair the electronic equipment around the world. Now, um, some people who are into the doomsday prophecies believe that what will be happening uh, around the end of the year 2012 on December the 21st is a massive CME that will actually go through the atmosphere 
as, as instead of the atmosphere protecting us, but this massive CME that they're talking about will go right through the atmosphere and nearly wipe out all mankind, humankind. Uh, any comments on that? Well, I, I can tell you that our knowledge of solar physics right now is simply unable to forecast those kind of events. That, uh, as I say, right now we're just trying to figure out why there, why the current solar uh, minimum, this mm -hmm. lack of sunspots, is actually occurring. To forecast a couple years into advance uh, the occurrence of solar flares is right now way beyond what our science can actually do. The strange weather that we're having, the, the droughts, the floodings, the hurricanes, this hurricane that came up on the Baja coast, you know, it was teetering on a Category 5. Thankfully, when it land, made landfall, it was only a Category 1. What is causing the strange weather that we're all seeing? For example, here in Hamilton, Ontario, summer didn't come. very true that um, different parts of the earth get very different types of climate and it's one of the, one of the interesting things that with today's 24/7 media you hear about these kind of things much more than you did say 50 years ago or a hundred years ago um, we have weather records happening all the time it's one of the reasons I got involved with a group that's called the World Meteorological Organization. It's, it's part of the United Nations. It's basically the conglomeration of all the weather services around the world. We got the idea that when people talk about records, I, you know, I a few years ago heard that people say on the media that Katrina was the worst hurricane that we've ever had. Well, we in the meteorology community know that that simply is not the case. There's been worst hurricanes that have hit the United States and, and North America, there have been much, much worse hurricanes that have hit around the world. That The worst tropical cyclone that we've ever had on this planet that we have records of mm -hmm. actually was in Bangladesh, and it killed over 300,000 people. But you still hear this idea that Katrina, Katrina was the worst hurricane. We tend to remember recent events. And one reason we put together this archive of official weather records is so that people can say, oh, yeah, you know, we've had weird weather, not only recently, but we've had it in the past. It's part of what Mother Nature does, I think. So basically, we are not experiencing anything new. Well, not exactly, because we do have influence on climate. Uh, the people themselves are having an impact on climate. We did a few studies a while back, my colleagues and I, where we were looking at rainfall along the eastern seaboard of North America. What we found is that it rained more on the weekends than it did during the weekdays, that Saturday and Sunday tend to be wet days on, on the eastern sea coast. And we looked at that, and we realized that if you see that kind of a cycle, if you see a seven-day cycle, it has to be man-made because nature doesn't have a seven-day cycle. It's, the seven-day cycle is something that we made up. And so if you see seven-day cycles in nature, it has to be something that we cause. What we linked it to is actually pollution, that pollution builds up during the course of the week causes extra rain on the weekends and then gets blown out to sea and the whole process starts all over again. So we do have an impact on weather. What are weather spies? <laughs> um, you you, you kind of think, you know, that a lot of scientists are studying weather. That's got to be pretty boring. But back in history, when we look at some of the, uh, the major events in history, we find out that 
having a knowledge of what kind of weather was going to happen at that particular time was really critical to making good military decisions. And one of the classic ones was when uh, something was called the Great Game. It was the uh, grab between Great Britain and Russia over the area of Tibet. Well, in order back around 1900 to get that kind of weather information, uh, foreigners at that particular time in Tibet were put to death. What they had to do was come up with spies who clandestinely made weather observations. They had secret thermometers stuck in their uh, trekking rods. They had tiny little uh, 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 bowls to boil the water to try to figure out how high the elevation was based on what the boiling point of water was. They were very clever. They actually trained these people to walk exactly 36-inch strides so that they could mark off distances. Um, but literally back around the turn of the century, uh, uh, we had to have weather spies to figure out what, what was going on in some of these regions that were inaccessible to get to. Is it possible to control the weather? You know, people talk about the Harpery up in Alaska. Uh, there are those people who believe that the United States and other governments of the world have the ability to control weather and that, uh, for example, during the latest uh, round of invasions in, in the Gulf, that the United States actually used uh, weather to their advantage. Yeah, we've, we've, we've tried military operations. It's, it's completely on record that there was something called Project Storm Fury that was back in the 1960s that was to designed to try to stop hurricanes. Literally just within the last couple of weeks, uh, Bill Gates has patented a system that he wants to try out in the Gulf of Mexico to stop hurricanes. Uh, we have tried to control weather. How successful we've been has been a, magic, a matter of great debate. Project Storm Fury, for example, mm -hmm. What they were going to do is fly over hurricanes and drop cloud seeding agents to make the hurricane rain itself out before it comes ashore. Well, they tried it on a couple of hurricanes, seemed to work, and then they tried it on a third hurricane, and the hurricane actually got bigger. So they stopped the project in the early 1970s. But what would happen? Um, what would happen, Randy, if we did stop hurricanes? What would be the consequences that we would pay? And that's one of the big problems with doing any kind of weather modification. You hear a lot about geoengineering. Mm -hmm. But hurricanes are useful. The Florida depends on hurricanes quite often for the water. That if we didn't have those hurricanes to uh, flood the Everglades, uh, uh, the Everglades, um, we would have dramatic environmental change taking place in, in the Everglades. Um, we need a lot of different kinds of weather. Now, obviously, if you're struck by a hur uh, hurricane like Katrina or you're hit by a, uh, an EF5 tornado, you're going to say, hey, I wish we could stop it. But... A lot of the weather actually is serving a purpose to make sure that energy gets distributed from one part of the, the world to another part of the world. How can weather help us in the battle on drugs? <laughs> that was an interesting little uh, research project that uh, a fellow geographer and I undertook. We were working in Bolivia, and as we were talking to the locals, as my colleague was talking to the locals down there, um, this was way back in the, in the 1960s, um, he realized that there seemed to be some relationship between how much rain occurred down there and the quality of the cocaine harvest that came down. Now, back then, a lot of the cocaine that was produced was used as a local sedative, as a local headache-type remedy. But what we realized is that there might be a connection between weather and cocaine production. turns out that when you grow 
coca. You have to dry it. You have to lay it out on a, on a tarp. And just like tobacco, it's got to cure. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't have the big sheds, the drying sheds that they do in, in, say, North America. You just left it out on the field and on a tarp and let it dry. Well, if you happen to get a rainstorm that occurred during that particular time, the quality of the cocaine that was produced dropped dramatically. So what we found, and we actually published this in a leading science journal, was that the more rain you got over Bolivia, the lower the quality and the, the uh, production value of cocaine. Um, now, I don't know whether any government or any other organization has ever used that research, but mm -hmm. obviously with things like cloud seeding, that uh, kind of opens the door that you could do some kind of climate modification and maybe have an impact on, uh, on drug production. You had to make a 10,000 weather forecast. What did you come up with? Well, we had to make a 10,000-year forecast. There, there, at one time, uh, it's bogged down in legal action right now, but for the United States, they were building a nuclear waste dump in uh, Yucca Mountain, Nevada. Mm -hmm. It was a depository to store all the waste, the radioactive waste from around the country. So I say it's, it's been completed. They built it, but they've actually never used it. But in order to design it properly, they needed to have a 10,000-year weather forecast so that they could figure out whether the radioactives that were stored in it would leach into the groundwater or this type of thing. So they wanted us. They got a panel of five climatologists from around the world, and each of us had to make a 10,000-year weather forecast to actually figure out what would happen uh, not only to the Yucca Mountain area but to the world as a whole. It turns out making a 10,000-year forecast 10,000-year forecast isn't really that difficult. There aren't that many things that we know that work at that time scale. So uh, our, our, uh, our ideas are, are relatively straightforward there. Randy, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exxon Nation, Randy Cervini is our special guest. Uh, the name of his new book is called Weather's Greatest Mysteries Solved, published by our good friends at Prometheus Books. And if you'd like to get a copy or for more information, visit Prometheus's website. It's www.prometheusbooks.com. Still to come on tonight's show, we have Rosemary Ellen Guiley. She is a paranormal investigator. Carlton Thurman will be talking about his new book. And in the final hour of tonight's show, Carolyn Bartz will tell us everything about cats and their secret attitude. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue on Talkstar. Welcome back, everyone. Randy, what is your take on global warming? Well, one of the things that I think a lot of, again, people don't realize is that we still have a lot to learn about what makes our climate tick, that we're still continually finding out new stuff about what causes changes and how those changes have other changes that occur within the mm -hmm. atmosphere. Uh, it's called feedback mechanisms. And 
one of the big things that we're finding out is that uh, our atmosphere is one of the most complex things that we can study. That whenever they get a new generation of computers, for example, a faster generation, one of the first things that they jam into it are climate models because climate models are some of the biggest uh, computer codes that you can put into a, a, a computer. And in order to do these long-term calculations, um, we have to have that kind of computing power. Well, it also means that there are a lot of things that can interact in our system, and trying to figure out exactly how they all interact, I think, is still something that we have yet to learn. Now, we are having an impact on climate. I think that, that the record shows that, that that's pretty incontrovertible, that things are warming up. But how much of an impact and how long it's going to last, I think those are still things that we're still trying to, to come to terms with. Is, the, is this year's weather an example of climate change? Well, any particular event, any particular year isn't because mm -hmm. we do have natural variability. But what happens is if you see many sequences of these things, if you see the same kind of weather repeating itself more frequently or year after year after year, then you can start to say, oh, yeah, that's probably the result of climate change. You look at, a, at an individual big city, for example, and you look at the temperature mm -hmm. records, you can see that, oh, yeah, the temperature in the core of the city has grown over the last 50 years as the city has grown. That's a result of climate change. The people themselves there are adding concrete and asphalt, which absorbs sunlight, and making the city warmer than it would otherwise be. So what we want to see is not any one individual event, but we want to see long series of events to try to look at climate change. Your last chapter is called The Seven Solutions. What are the basic take-home messages in climate and weather science, Randy? Well, I, I think one, obviously, is that our weather and climate system is complex, and we don't understand it all. Now, that may be kind of frustrating to mm -hmm. politicians and policymakers, but the thing that I like to tell my students is that it also means that it's fun, because there's still stuff out there that we're going to be learning, that uh, I go to work every day, and, and, and hopefully I'm going to come up with something that nobody else has ever seen again before, that uh, we're making those discoveries literally every day, and we're finding out new stuff about weather and climate. To me, that's exciting, and it's one of the few fields where you can do that kind of work and be at the forefront of mm -hmm. understanding what makes our world tick. Randy, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great hour, very interesting, and I wish you much success with your new book entitled Weather's Greatest Mystery Solved, and I hope that we have the pleasure of talking to you again in the near future. Oh, sure. My, my pleasure. I've really enjoyed being on. Nice talking to you, sir. Once again, thank you very much, Randy. Randy Servany has been our guest of this hour. His new book, Weather's Greatest Mysteries Solved. He is also the, uh, he is also the author of Freaks of Storms, the world's strangest weather stories. To find out more about Randy, visit PrometheusBooks.com. When I come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past, we'll be joined by Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who is a paranormal investigator and author. That's in the next hour as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talk Star Radio Network. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. 
And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' refreshers like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply.